May I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, in our Old Testament reading, we dip into an important historic moment in Jewish history. The people are gathered, sacred text is read, the people respond, and the people are encouraged to celebrate. People have come back from exile, enough people, a critical mass, to return to religious practice that has not happened in community in the geography of Jerusalem in roughly 70 years. 70 years of captivity and exile. These people were displaced, isolated, oppressed, harassed, in danger. And when it formally ended in 538 BC, Jewish people could return to Palestine. Prior to that formal ending, some began to trickle in, escaping and returning. Some came back, some did not. They had been away and learned how to live where they were, and they stayed. A generation went by, almost twice the amount of time than the 40 years of wilderness wandering after the Israelites left Egypt. As we hear this snapshot today, I cannot help but ask what we may glean in these pandemic times. Certainly not harsh and dangerous like the exile, but times of isolation, oppression of health and welfare, culture changes, church changes. How do we come back? Do we come back? What's important? There are three angles of observation in this passage that I think may inform us the person of Nehemiah, the people, and the practices they all participate in. The person of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, along with Ezra, was catalytic in the returning and rebuilding of Jerusalem. Nehemiah had never been to Jerusalem before this. He was born in Persia to parents who had been exiled from Jerusalem. Nehemiah grew into a person of character and good reputation. We hear early in this book that he was cupbearer to the king. This means that he had access to the king uniquely, King Artaxerxes I, in ways perhaps no others did. His job was to sample wine for quality and safety before the king drank it. He was familiar with the king. When Nehemiah asks travelers who have come to them how Jewish survivors who had returned to Jerusalem were doing, he is told the survivors there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He is overcome with grief when he hears this. As the book of Nehemiah unfolds, we glimpse some similarities to the familiar story of Esther that Amy preached about not long ago. And remember, Esther was just a story. It did not really happen, but was written to encourage returned exiles a generation after Nehemiah lived. But Nehemiah was for real, and his courage, commitment, and determination did happen. Like we heard in the story of Esther, access to the king is utilized at great risk. Nehemiah uses his position and risks the king's disapproval, which could mean death. He asks if he can return to Jerusalem to rebuild the city. And the king says yes. 
What this means about Nehemiah's person is that he knows the story, the faith story of the people of God, knows who God is and how to worship. He never lived there, but he knew the faith. It must have been practiced in his home by his parents, those in their inner circle. It was so in him that he risked all to go help other Jews as they returned. And he sought to protect and provide for the worship of God. In our lectionary today, we strangely are plopped into chapter 8 of this book. Nehemiah has faced much opposition, rebuilding the wall, political intimidation, economic challenge, death threats, hardships. But the walls are rebuilt and in record time, 52 days, the boundaries protected. And now, now in this chapter, the people gather to mark the completion of all the work, including that the temple had been already restored. They come together to hear their sacred text read. They can gather safely. They have returned. But they do not all know the story like Nehemiah. In fact, many like him were born in another country, in another culture, and things may have gotten a little rusty with religion. Maybe even the second generation of exiles brought their own families back with them. The people gathered to worship together, community, a body, as we heard about in our Corinthians passage. Some of these people probably do not speak Hebrew, or maybe they speak a different dialect than what is being read. I imagine for many of these people, it is the first time in their lives they have heard the sacred scripture read. This dynamic is missed a little bit in our passage today. Ezra is standing on a platform reading, and we hear in verse 4, not included in our reading today, he is flanked by six or seven people on his left and his right. He is not alone. He is supported. And these people, along with a group of Levites that we also don't hear about today, are, they are all together explaining what is being read while people listen attentively. Reading and explaining explanation taking place for hours. Language and culture and history barriers being broken down. Chaos, community, care. These people gather and they're acting like the body we hear about in Corinthians. They did not all have the same strengths or gifts or talents, but it sure sounds like there was a lot of care and respect going on. And it must have felt safe not only physically, but emotionally, because the people were vulnerable. In response to what they heard, God's word brought tears, perhaps joy, grief, regret, shame, inspiration. I imagine it was a complicated time. Lots of different things going on in the group, but they stayed a group. Attention on God and acceptance of one another but they needed help in their returning. As they understood what was being read, they reacted. They probably wanted to respond in all kinds of ways. But what is the exhortation from Nehemiah? He says, go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. He is saying... It is okay. You are okay. God loves you. We are back. 
Let us celebrate. Let us share with one another. This is beautiful stuff. It informs us in our pandemic holding patterns. This will end, likely incrementally. We will need to rebuild. We need to, like Nehemiah and his parents, to know the story, know the faith. We also need to be willing, willing to risk at the appropriate moments for the sake of all. The unspoken exhortation in this passage is, need each other. We need each other. As we have experienced isolation these past couple of years, we may have forgotten our need for each other. Might have hardened our hearts a little bit to get by. Let us soften our hearts and welcome our need for one another. We need to worship God together. In person or online or watching later in the week, come, let us be together. It helps us know the story. It helps us know how to live and do the next thing. After pondering these things, our collect for today makes a lot more sense to me. Hear it again. Give us grace, O Lord, to readily answer the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.